Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm here to talk to you about all your favorite issues and publishers. But first, a bit of the comic book news. Uh, so, a couple things here I want to talk about. First of all, Skybound Entertainment has unveiled the first look at Universal Monsters Dracula, which is, of course, going to be an adaptation of the traditional Dra- Dracula tale. However, this one is going to be done by James Tynan IV, and that immediately kind of puts a nice stamp of quality on it. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, I normally would pick up something like this, but I might have to just because he is involved. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, yeah, so make sure to check that out. If you can, just Google it. It looks really, really interesting. I'm curious to see what you guys think. My other bit of image news is that they have announced that Firepower is going to be coming to an end this December with a final issue, a supersized final issue. This, of course, is the book from Robert Kirkman and Chris Samney. Uh, so that'll be issue 30. That's interesting. I mean, it's it's not every day that Kirkman book ends. So uh, that's not one that I've caught up on, but it's definitely something I'm going to be reading on trade. So, um, yeah, that's interesting to hear it's going to end, and I can't wait to catch up on it. After that, I got a little bit of DC news. I just had to mention this. Uh, I talked about it last week that Cena Grace is going to be doing a Superman graphic novel, The Harvest of Youth. And he did confirm that Taylor Swift's Folklore was one of his biggest influences for this book. And I love that album. So, yes, I'm very excited about it. I love everything Cena's done. So definitely something I am going to be picking up. Not really news, but something I just had to talk about. Next up, we have Batman Day coming up. Uh, Batman is always the third Saturday of September, uh, which this year will be September 16th. And DC slash Warner Brothers is doing a couple things uh, to celebrate it. Uh, first of all, there'll be a special edition of Batwoman or Batman Catwoman Gotham War, the prelude special edition in your local comic book stores. So make sure to check that out. There'll also be Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo, available as a special edition. Special edition of Batman 608. And there'll be a Batman 89 hardcover collection, as well as that's when Batman Gargoyle of Gotham launches. Um, DC Universe Infinite is going to have a curated list of Batman team-up stories to read. Um, The Nolan trilogy is actually going to be back in theaters. Uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises at select theaters, so make sure to check out if it's near you. And on Max, they're going to be offering several things, such as the Batman, um, t- films by Tim Burton, uh, the Nolan trilogy, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, lots of other stuff, and a ton of animated stuff. So make sure to check that out. There's a lot of stuff. So just Google Batman Day. There's a list. That's just to give you a taste of what's available. Little bits of Marvel news. Uh, first of all, I have here that Chris Claremont is going to be helping to celebrate wolverine's 50th anniversary with a brand new series this is going to be called wolverine madripoor knights with a k and it's a five issue mini written by claremont with art by edgar salazar who just did deadly regenesis for laura um so yeah i think that looks really cool the first cover does reveal that black widow and captain america will be involved as well and yeah i think i'm definitely going to be picking that up uh so I, i i don't know about so many flashback tales right now but I am enjoying them, so we'll see. 
And my final bit of news this week is that the podcast for Marvel Women of Marvel is going to be coming back for another season soon. And the original host, Ellie Pyle, is going to be joined by Preeti Chibar, who is an author that I really, really like, has done a lot of really great comic work and some some novelization work as well. Uh, So I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, Basically, each episode is going to shine a spotlight on significant women in Marvel Comics. Um, So is also, I believe, going to have guests uh, from like the creative women in Marvel history. Uh, names listed are Rainbow Roll, and Nocenti, uh, Marike Nichikamp, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Rebecca Roanhorse, Alana Smith, Jody Nishima, and Nindy Okafor. I, I think that's going to be really cool. I'm very excited about it, and I think I'm going to be definitely picking up this uh, this season of it. I'll definitely be listening to the show. So, yeah, that I'm that's going to be a lot of fun. And that's it for my news. So I'm ready to go ahead and start talking about some comic books. And as you know, when we start talking with the comics, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom. And Boom Studios is first in line. First of all, I have a number one, Firefly, The Fall Guys, number one. Written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Jordi Perez, colored by Francisco Sagala, with color assist by Gloria Martinelli, and letter by Jim Campbell. Um, so this is a brand new Firefly story. Um, it definitely is. It takes place before brand new verse, if you're keeping track. Um, and most of the crew is still together at this point. And I like the setup. I, I, th- I thought it was really cool. They get a new job. Very traditional Firefly style. Let's get a job. Let's get some money. Let's eat. And uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And uh, it comes with a pretty cool reveal that they are they're going to be in some pretty big trouble. And I want to see how deep they get into it. Really great. Um, one thing, Simon and River appear only in dialogue. They're on the ship, quote. So I want to see if they actually are involved in the series or if we're going to just focus on the other characters. Uh, because I like Simon River. So, uh, But yeah, really great start. Uh, definitely going to get Amanda to read it because she's a big Firefly person. And uh, I'll see what she says. After that is Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, number two, written by Casey Gilley, illustrated by Oriol Roig and Nicola Izzo, colored by Gloria Martinelli and lettered by Ed Dukeshire. Um, This one is continuing this future tale of Buffy is no longer the Slayer. Thessaly, the daughter of Willow and Tara, is now the last Vampire Slayer, and she's training with Buffy as her watcher, but also she's dealing with Anya, and she's dealing with traditional, you know, Slayer story stuff, like, I want to have a personal life while I also kill vampires and monsters, and it's really great, and I do enjoy her story, but I think the thing that steals the show is the story of Buffy and Spike, as Buffy is an older woman, and it just, it's just really interesting to me, and just seeing Spike like this, it's just, I, I don't know, I find it really compelling. I really, really like it. This is another one Amanda's going to read because she's a huge Buffy fan as well. So I'll definitely let you know what she thinks of that. And my final boom book of the week is Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number nine, written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Leila Dolduca, colored by Tamar Von Villain, and lettered by Anne World Design. Oh, man. This book is just... It, it's such a roller coaster of emotion. And just watching everything fall apart in real time is really sad. Uh, Watching this society they built, but also their relationship fall apart. And there's some just intensely dramatic and emotional visuals in this, including one shot 
where the two of them are in bed together, but they're shrunk down to really tiny size. So they're so far away from each other. It's just such a great image. And just the way they're both handling the struggles that they're having and the solutions they try to have is very in character for the both of them, but it also manages to estrange them from each other. It's it's so good. This book has been absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm so terrified for the next issue because so much happens in this. So uh, one of the best books Boom's got. Uh, I don't have much to say about it. You already know that. So uh, next up, let's talk about Dark Horse Comics. Dark Horse is our next publisher. And I got a couple Dark Horse books this week. First of all, Barnstormers number three, the finale. Written by Scott Snyder, art by Tula Latte. Colors by D. Conniff and Letter by Richard Starkings, co-created by Rit Snyder and Latte. So this, of course, is about the the pilot and this woman that he pseudo saved slash kidnapped, um, and how they're trying to get away from the Pinkertons essentially, and they're they're cornered. They they just need to get out over the ocean, but they need the gas, they need the money. They're not able to do it, so they turn to the other barnstormers, these other pilots. And they hatch a plan is what I'll say. And I really, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really well told. I thought the characters were, I was cheering for everybody in a way. <laughs> like, and so it, um, especially after the last episode issue, because the person you don't, you dislike the most is gone. So that's good. Um, and I think it was a very satisfying ending. Uh, I absolutely love this series. I think the art is incredible. Just really, really, Cthulhu is just insane. So, wonderful book. Great three-page or three-issue collection, double double size issues. Um, totally worth a pickup. And I can see why it was nominated for so many awards. So, yeah, one of the best. And my next book for Dark Horse, so my second uh, final book, is a number one, Terrace Apart, number one. Written by Jerry Baruchel and Van Jensen. Illustrated by Alessandro Michelli. Letter by Taylor Esposito. Uh, this one is it's really cool, and it's about this society, I guess I would say, or organization that exists to train these children to fight and to kill. And there's an indication that they are their purpose is to basically population control in a certain way. And there's these two kids who just want to get out and who do not want to be a part of this. And if they're going to run, they're basically going to be running the rest of their lives. And I really like it. I thought it was very, very cool. It uh, gives me vibes of some books that I've really, really enjoyed in the past. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be a really interesting one. Curiously, I almost didn't pick it up because I had heard nothing about it. But I was looking at it and I'm like, you know, I like the art. I, I think it's an interesting uh, creative team. I think this is going to be really interesting. So I picked up Reddit and yeah, I'm hooked. I really, really enjoy it. I like the protagonist, a really interesting antagonist as well. There's a sub antagonist uh, going to be really good. So definitely going to continue to get this one and it's going to go on the pull list. After that is abstract studios with Terry Moore's Parker girls. Um, this is the finale number 10. Uh, for Parker Girl. So the entire creation is Terry Moore. And I'm not going to spoil the plot or anything like that, because if you've been paying attention, there's 10 episodes or 10 issues. Um, 
I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's just so much fun thinking about where Strangers in Paradise started and where we got now. And it really makes me want to go back and reread Strangers in Paradise because I did pick up the whole collection when it was on the Hummel bundle with basically everything Terry Moore has ever done. And I really, if I ever get time, because this show does take a lot of my reading time, I want to go back and read them. But I highly recommend it. Whether you're new to Terry Moore or not, this is a great series. It's 10 issues. The art's fantastic. You will enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I it, it's so great. And getting it, getting this like like a week or two after I got the Terry Moore After Dark art book is also just really, really great. Just I'm all Terry Moore out. I'm very, very excited. After that is Scout Comics. And I have a spoiler-free review of a book that's not out yet. And you should probably guess what it is because I said Scout. It's By the Horns, Dark Earth, number 12. Story direction by Marquise and Nasso. Art, lettering, and design by Jason Moore. Color, art, and effects by Stephen Cannon. Um, how do I even... Okay. I can't spoil it, right? But it's the final battle. So I will tell you, I, I really enjoy it. I love seeing this, this group of enemies that's been following them. And the way they're building those characters and bringing them in. And then we get this final confrontation. And I love the eventual resolution. I think it was done really, really well. Um, I do think, and this, I don't think this is a spoiler. Uh, so if it is, uh, you know, put me in handcuffs. I do like that this is not the last we'll see of By the Horns. Uh, so I'll just throw that out. They are coming back. Very, very excited about that. I think it's going to be so good. But yeah, one of my favorite books, period. It's a two-time Remy award-winning book for Indie Book of the Year. I can't say enough about By the Horn. So make sure to pick it up when it comes out. It should be in the next few weeks. And that way you know what happened just like I do. So hooray. <laughs> All right. With that out of the way, let's talk about Image comic books. And let's start with quest number two. Uh, this one is Story, Story Assist, Illustrations, Lettering and Design by Jonathan Luna, with Story Assist and Script by Crystal Wood. Um, this is continuing the this uh, tale of a groom uh, taken from his wedding day and his wife-to-be and um, her closest allies on the hunt to get him back. And I really like this. I think it's really cool. I like the dynamic of it. I like, I like the... Um, I like the art, obviously. It's Jonathan Luna, which is something that I really, really enjoy. Um, I do like there's a level of creepiness in this one that I really like, especially near the second half of this book um, that, I, that I think is really interesting. And seeing all this come together is going to be very, very good. I, I, I'm hesitant to say much about the story because I want to make sure I know where it's going to go before I give too much of a definitive idea of like, like details i don't want to spoil anything if it's supposed to be like important so i'll just throw that out there but very very good really enjoying it and i uh, want to see where it goes so positive for me after that is a number one and that is kill your darlings number one this one is written by ethan s parker and griffin sheridan are by robert quinn and letters by john john j hill this one is really interesting and it's got a this eerie creep factor 
that I really, really enjoy. I, I thought I was, this is one that was not on my radar in the least. I, I had no idea this was coming out and I was just like, okay, that's fine. Oh, I'll pick it up. You know, it's, it's an image book. Looks fine. And I read it and I loved it already. So this is such a great book. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I'm not going to tell you too much about it. I'm just telling you, you need to read it. I'm also very upset because one of the writers, Ethan S. Parker, uh, went to my old comic book store and now I live across the country. So I did not get a chance to get mine signed or to meet uh, Ethan, which is a shame. But um, one day, one day, well, maybe at a at a con or something like that. But this is totally worth the pickup. It's got a really great hook and totally worth your money, I promise. So definitely check it out. And my final image book of the week is Swan Songs 3. Now, if you know me, you know I love me some Swan Songs, and this is no exception. Written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Felipe Andrade, letters by good old Neon. So for those who don't know, Swan Songs is an anthology series where each where each issue is a different story, a completely different unrelated story, and in fact, a different artist. This one, or each one, is about the ending of something. This one is, it's about the ending, but it's also about the beginning. And it's about, it's about a lot of stuff. But to me, one of the things that jumps out of me is the inevitable, like the violence humanity is capable of. And how sometimes that violence is a cycle, whether we like it or not. And it's just, it's so good. And it, it spins you on your head when you get to the, when you get to the shock, it's done so well. And I love it. I I just, I struggled to talk about this book because it's been one of the best books of the year. Swan songs. But it's hard to put into terms without just telling you the plot. And that's not something I like to do. I don't like telling people the plot. I like them to discover it for themselves. But each issue of this has been gripping. It's been emotional. It's been devastating in its own way. And this issue is no exception. This one is done really well. Um, not to spoil the whole thing, but it's it's post-apocalypse. It's it's But it's a true post-apocalypse. It's not, you know, like a Mad Max post-apocalypse. This is an apocalypse. Like, what happens when there's no one left except for, like, a few people? And it's so optimistic, but at the same time, it's so defeated. I don't know. I love it. Check it out. It's very, very good. Swan Songs 3. Now let's talk about DC Comics. And I got a couple DC books. Uh, we're out of Night Terror, so let's talk about some other series that have been on the shelf for a bit now. Justice Society of America, number six. Uh, this one's written by Jeff Johns, art by Marco Santucci, colored by Ivan Placencia, and letter by Rob Lay. Now, I did really enjoy the last um, the last run of JSA, but this volume, I think, is going to be the volume that sells this book to me because this is addressing the... Um, the future of the JSA and what they're going to do. And one of the things I love about the JSA is when they deal with the original generation of heroes 
and the newest generation of heroes at the same time. I think it's one of the most interesting things the Justice Society does. And that's one of the things that makes me like it more than Justice League, to be honest. Um, this one is addressing this whole new generation of heroes that Stargirl has recovered in Stargirl the Lost Children. And what do we do with a whole generation of heroes just showing up that no one remembers? And they introduced several of them, including Judy Garrick, Jay Garrick's daughter. And I love her, by the way. Um, there's some really interesting characters introduced that I already really am fascinated by and cannot wait to see more of. So this is by far my favorite issue of JSA so far in this run. And like I said, I think it's really going to lead to a an amazing run and a great volume of comics and maybe some real fan favorite characters. So this is one to definitely pick up if you're looking for some new characters to love. After that is Shazam 3. Uh, this one, of course, is written by Mark Wade. It's drawn or written by Mark Wade and Dan Mora, uh, colored by Alejandro Sanchez and letters by Troy Pateri. Um, so Billy has been losing control while he's Shazam. So he decides not to transform again, but he can't just stand by and let people be in, tra- in trouble. So eventually he runs into a situation where he does have to transform. Now it's interesting because we do find out what's going on with him, which is the gods, the namesake gods for Shazam that are giving him his powers are kind of like tempting him. They're testing him for what reasons unknown. It doesn't seem to be like a benevolent testing. It seems to be kind of insidious. And so I'm not sure to what end this is going to happen, but that doesn't add, add an interesting angle. And it obviously I'm a big Mary Marvel fan. And it's not happening to her. So I love that. Cause she's, she's still in control. What's wrong with Billy? I like that. That's great. So, but this has been a good run. I'm really enjoying it. And I do, I just hope for more Mary. That's really what I would like. After that is city boy. Number four. Uh, this one, of course, is written by Greg Pak, uh, art by Minkyu Jung, colored by Sebastian Chang, and letter by Wes Abbott. Uh, City Boy relocates to Bloodhaven to dig into his past. And, of course, that brings him to meet Nightwing and spend some time with Nightwing. And I, I like the crossover. I think it's really interesting. Um, I, I just like City Boy. It's just such an interesting character. And I, I really hope he... <laughs> How do I put this? I hope we don't get this series and then he disappears because it feels kind of like with monkey Prince where monkey Prince was so good. And then monkey Prince was there for the Lazarus planet arc. And then I haven't seen him since. Um, I like it when DC introduces new characters and makes them actually matter, make them a part of the lore. And so I really hope this is one of those characters that does not get lost in the shuffle and serves a greater purpose. Uh, Obviously, this story seems to be, you know, facing him with a lot of A-listers, uh, both good and bad. So we'll see. Um, I, I just hope so, because I really like it. Obviously, I love the art, too. I think it's really, really well done. And uh, just keep Tori in the cities. Yeah, let him let him go by, by the Green Arrow. That'd be great. I'd love that. So after that is Poison Ivy 14. Poison Ivy is back. And man, did I miss this one? Like, Yeah. Night Terrors delayed this book quite a bit, and I'm very happy that it's back. So um, a lot happened here. So I did. I will say this. I went back and read the previous issue because I was like reminding myself what happened. Written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Marcio Takara, color by Arif Prianto, and letter by Hassan Atsmani Alhau. So Ivy is in the middle of this investigation, 
and at the same time trying to get this shack in the swamp, basically, um, from Croc by doing so. And at the same time, of course, she's trying to work with Janet, uh, who is staying in Harley Quinn's storage closet. And I was kind of worried, like, if Harley and Ivy are actually together in the books, like, but they also both have their own books, like how much that's going to overlap, like what's going to happen? Are they going to keep them separate? I think this is a great amount of overlap where it doesn't really affect the Harley book quite a bit, which I think is really interesting. Uh, There's a really great moment here, which uh, I'll just say that Janet and Harley get closer. And I'm really curious to see what that's going to mean in the future with Ivy. So uh, I love it. I think it's great drama and it's going to be interesting. So also what Ivy's going through and the big reveal at the end of the issue is really creepy and really great. So great book. Really well done. Can't wait for more. After that is part two of the Gotham War. Batman 137. So, um, I, I am enjoying Gotham War. I've not been reading Batman. Uh, Josue, my co-host who's on hiatus still, is the one who reads Batman. I read Detective Comics. But I do catch in whenever it's linked to an event or something like that. Uh, this one's written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Jorge Jimenez, color by Tommy Mori, and letter by Clayton Cowles. And yeah, we do. We get to see that, you know, in the previous issue of the Gotham War, that Catwoman has trained all the like hirelings for the big bads in Gotham to basically be cat burglars and to only steal from the rich and violent crime in Gotham has plummeted. And just Bruce can't just let it happen because he's Bruce Wayne. And I, I mean, it's no secret. I'm not a fan of Bruce Wayne. I've made that abundantly clear. And so he just meddles and he just can't let any crime go by and it seems like the rest of the bad family is just like i don't know man it's kind of working <laughs> and that's a really interesting reaction and then also one member of the bat family sides directly with bruce and i'm not going to tell you who because it's in this issue and i want you to read it but also really makes sense if you think about it and i'm just wondering how deep the division in the bat family there's going to be after this crossover is over I really like it. Um, I'm on Catwoman's side. I'm team Catwoman here. Like she's doing a good thing. And honestly, he's just making things worse. So yeah, team Catwoman all the way. After that, three, count them, three number ones from DC this week. Let's go. Fire Nice, welcome to Smallville number one. Uh, written by Joanne Starr, art by Natasha Bustos. Color by Tamara Bonvillain and Letter by Ariana Mayer. I love these characters. I love Fire and Ice. They're two of my favorite DC characters. Giving them their own book. And the tone of this book is so good. I love the small town atmosphere of it going to Smallville. The, the characterization of both of them is really good. I would like to see a little bit more from Ice uh, because this is a very fire heavy issue. Um, as far as like character work goes, but ice has always been a little more toned down than fire, obviously. So, um, but really good. I love the motivations. Um, I compare this very positively to the current run of fantastic four, where it is about the characters. It is about the setting is it is fun. And I'm already loving this book. It's very, very good. Definitely worth a pickup. Please get on this book because I want to go forever. Next up is blue beetle. Number one. And I'm so excited about this one because I loved Graduation Day. I thought it was a great mini. And now we have the actual Blue Blue Beetle book. 
with the same creative team. Written by Josh Trujillo, art by Adrian Gutierrez, color by Will Quintana, and letter by Lucas Catoni. Now, I'm very excited about this because I think that with the same creative team, it can be just a direct continuation of the same story. And Adrian Gutierrez's art is so good, especially when it comes to the new characters that were introduced. Um, I think it's it's just like it would be weird if it was somebody else. So to see Dynastis and Natita come back as kind of like a team with Blue Beetle is really, really great. Um, to see the the aliens that they're protecting. And I love the one that they introduce as what's probably going to be a reoccurring character. Um, I I think she's going to be really interesting. And uh, uh, name is Uli, I believe, of the Horizon. And she, I'm kind of feeling a thing for her, too. I'm not going to lie. So, <laughs> uh, But this book's great. I absolutely love it. And uh, oh, also seeing that some of Jaime's supporting cast has made the move to be there with him. I think is a really good sign. I think that makes that makes me more optimistic about the book because I think him having those familiar faces is going to be a great story. And the final number one of the week for DC is Birds of Prey number one. Written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Leonardo Romero. Colors by Jordi Belair and lettered by Clayton Cowles. So Canary has a problem and she needs a team to help her. And she needs the right team and goes through a list of people. And she just she just is unsure about who to add. And she knows she can't involve Barbara. There's people she just cannot involve. And the team she gathers, I love. So first of all, Cassandra Kane. Why wouldn't you get Cassandra Kane? She's amazing. Uh, I agree with that one. I mean, obviously, I agree with all these. I'll just flat out honest. <laughs> But next up is Big Barda. And somewhere in Arizona, producer Liz is cheering because she's the biggest Big Barda fan on the planet. Um, after that is, well, Zealot, but she prefers Zana. And um, I love seeing that because I'm a big fan of Wildcats. I've been loving that book. And I was really worried Wildcats was getting canceled when I found out she was going to be in this book. So it seems like they're going to run concurrently. I'm down with that. And then the final one is Harley Quinn. And I know there is some hubbub online with a bunch of fans who hated the scene with Harley Quinn and Cass. My opinion, you're overreacting. Let it go. Just enjoy the book. Stop overanalyzing things. Um, but I really like the book. Um, the, honestly, the whole issue is just gathering the team. And then we get the revealing of the of the mission. Now I'm not going to talk about the reveal on the last page because it's great. And that's the reason to read the book. It's fantastic. But the mission is going to be very interesting and I want to see what happens. I think it's a, it's good. It's going to be a fun ride is what I'll say. So three great number ones from DC this week. I recommend all three. They're fantastic. And I don't want to see any of these books end. So everybody make sure to pick them up. With that said, let's talk about Marvel. Marvel Comics is our final publisher of the week. First up, Black Panther, number four. Uh, Black Panther in this issue throws down with Deathlock. Um, written by Al Ewing. Pencils by Chris Allen and Mac Chatter Chater. Uh, inks by Craig Young and Mac Chater. Colors by Jesus Bertov and letter by Joe Sabino. 
the fight with Deathlock actually doesn't take up much of the issue. Um, it's more about the politics and everything going on. And also the, we get more interaction with Black Panther and this mysterious new character, Besa, um, this thief who's sort of heroic, but also sort of not. Um, I really like Besa. And we do get the revelation here that um, Besa is Okalani, which from what I understand by context is, is trans. And I think that's really great because, because Besa is really hot and it's really, really great. So I am, I love this already. I think it's a really cool story. Um, I do like Black Panther having sexual tension with the trans character, even if nothing comes from it, there's definitely tension there. And if you say there's not, you're stupid. Um, but yeah, I really, really like it. I think it's uh, it's been a great run of Black Panther already. And just seeing Black Panther in the the dark and dirty side of Wakanda, not up on the throne commanding armies, is just a great change of pace. And um, yeah, I, I'm here for the ride. After that is Fantastic Four, number 11. Uh, speaking along for the ride, this Fantastic Four run with Ryan North has been absolutely incredible. Written by Ryan North, art by Ivan Quello, colored by Osusa Berdov, and lettered by Joe Carabagna. Another self-contained single issue that was done in just the most fun way. It brings back a classic villain, and it puts a focus on Ben Grimm, the thing. And an overdue focus, because not only is he the main character of the book, it really focuses on something that not a lot of people talk about, which is that Ben Grimm isn't stupid. Ben Grimm's actually a smart person. He just hangs out with, you know, Reed Richards all the time. We all look stupid around Reed Richards. And also he kind of plays into it, maybe to his own detriment. So um, just seeing him like be very smart on his own, I think is really interesting and very, very welcome. So love the book. Um, It's got a real heart to it. And uh, yeah, seeing Ben overcome a struggle that the rest of the team couldn't was great. I really, really like it. So what a run of Fantastic Four this has been already. And it's probably only going to get better. I can't wait. Next up, uh, Doctor Strange, number seven. This one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, written by Jed McKay, art by Pascal Ferry, colored by Heather Moore, and lettered by Corey Petit. I mean, I think I made a War Doctor joke last time uh, with because for those who are Doctor Who fans, there's War Doctor, the Doctor during the war. And that's kind of what they did here. And I love that. I'm not saying it's a ripoff. I'm not saying it's bad. I, it's actually incredible. And I love it. But yeah, just normal Doctor Strange has come into conflict with a version of him that was trapped in a 5,000 year war that had to do these horrible atrocities. And it's really interesting because obviously the the war doctor has a point of view. He has He has a legitimate gripe. And I think that's very interesting. I think it's going to be it's going to be brutal and it's going to be very telling what Clea does in this situation because they're both Steven. And um, we also get a tease that uh, we're going to get more wand and I love wand. So yes, uh, more wand, please. I really like the, I like wand. They should have their own book. It's very fun. So we will see, but great run. I've already been really enjoying it anyways. So just a great uh, pile or, or issue to add on to the pile. So, Speaking of great books Marvel's making with Jed McKay, Moon Knight number 27. <laughs> Written 
written by Jed McKay, as I said. Art by Federico Sabatini, color by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, I love the way that Jed tells stories with Moon Knight in these seeming like one shots. Like, I think Jed, as well as anybody in Marvel right now, tells self contained issues with a larger overall plot, but encapsulates the larger overall plot well enough that you're never lost. And I think I think he's doing it as well as anybody. I love this book. Um, seeing both Hunt, Moon Knight and Hunter's Moon come together and find a unique way to solve a problem, uh, going into a comatose man's brain, I, I really think it's cool. The, basically, the entire issue takes place in this guy's head, and it's done really well. And yeah, we're just building up to this big confrontation. After that is Scarlet Witch number eight. Uh, this one is written by Steve Orlando. Art by Lorenzo Tometa, Sarah Pacelli, Cuz by Frank William, and letter by Corey Petit. And this book is Keith's Book of the Week. I love this book. So Scarlet Witch, I'm, I'm not going to go blow by blow with the conflict and why. All you need to know is it's Scarlet Witch, it's Loki, and it's a battle of words. What's not to love? I mean, it's so good. The tension, the romantic tension here is off the charts. It's so perfectly written. The art is amazing. The continued use of Joseph and Darcy in supporting roles is absolutely incredible. And this this Loki is just addictive. I love it. I Guys, start buying this book if you're not. It's been a revelation. And it's one of the best books Marvel's putting out. I, I don't know why people or why some people aren't reading it. I mean, I know why they're not reading it. It's because they're idiots and sexists usually. But pick it up. It's fantastic. I love it. It's my book of the week, Scarlet Witch number eight. Next up, let's check in with Contest of Chaos, Spider-Gwen Annual 2023. Uh, this one is Spider-Gwen versus the White Fox, uh, written by Carla Pacheco. Art by Rosie Comp and Marika Cresta, colored by Irma Nevia, and letter by Ariana Mayer. I loved this issue because these are two characters that I absolutely adore. Obviously, Spider Gwen is my favorite character in comics. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I'm a big White Fox fan, too. I really think she's just awesome. And with the pattern we set where they have to fight each other, I think it's really interesting in this issue that. The heroes are able to resist them. They don't want to fight each other. And they're kind of forced to not due to like a mind control thing, but because their loved ones will be punished if they don't. And I think that's what it comes down to. And you see that genuine ad admiration for them. I also really like the setting that we chose for the fight. I thought it was a fun twist on what we've seen so far. And I, I do like the promise of what's to come from this specific story. Some of the others feel like, oh, they're just over. But I think this one's going to be, we're going to come back to this. And I think that's a really, really great idea. So might be my favorite contest of chaos fight so far. I don't know. Moon Knight, the Moon Knight one was pretty great. So, but this one's really good too. It's Spider-Gwen. Of course, it's my favorite. You know it. Next up is Silk 5. Uh, Silk, the third miniseries in three years. Wrapping up, written by Emily Kim, art by Iguara, colors by Ian Herring, and letter by Ariana Mayer. I will say what I said last week. Silk should have an ongoing book. I'm sick of these minis. I love them, 
but Silk deserves better. Give Silk an ongoing book. If Spider-Boy can get an ongoing book, which I'm going to read and I'm going to like it, if we can get Superior Spider-Man back, we can have a Silk book. So just throwing that out there. This wraps up the story, um, and it's really about her relationship with her brother. And I really liked it. I thought it was very interesting. Um, as you know, this is a newer character. This is a character we need to explore these things with a bit, especially for people unfamiliar with them. Um, I like the the concept of it, and I really like the dreamscape. I like the way the dreamscape worked in this issue. It was a really visually arresting, and I really liked it. So great ending to a run. I, give me more silk, please. <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point. And our final Spidey book is Amazing Spider-Man 33. Uh, oh boy, this got dark. Uh, written by Zeb Wells, art by Patrick Gleason, color by Marcio Meniz, and letter by Joe Caramagna. In the previous issue, Craven attempted to stab Norman Osborn and give him his sins back, and instead Peter absorbed the blow, and now Peter has Norman's sins. And that's terrifying, because Peter with Norman's sins is just, oh god. So Peter stops pulling the punches, and he goes after Craven. And I'm not going to give you blow by blow, because... It's about the shock of it all, and I love it. It's so good. Uh, it's It really leaves me wondering how far this is going to go. How dark is this going to get? And what's Norman going to do? It's just some really great questions that I cannot wait for the answers for. So, I'm, I mean, obviously, it's a worth, a bit worth a pickup. Make sure to pick it up. And we're going to talk about some Krakoan X-Men books right now. Magneto, number two. Uh, so this flashback tale is written by James Demetrius, art drawn by Todd Nock, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Travis Lanham. Uh, I'm, I've not made a secret of the fact that I love the New Mutants. I love that run of New Mutants. So having this flashback take place when Magneto is their teacher is really good. I really appreciate seeing that world again. Um, I'm a real big fan of a lot of these characters. And again, to give them a spotlight, because in Krakoa, if there's one weakness Krakoa had, it's that there were a lot of characters. And not everybody can get a spotlight. And certain ones have to get a spotlight. So that's even less people that can get on pages. So seeing some of these characters that I absolutely love get spotlight, even if it's in a flashback tale, is really, really good. Um, I love the the conflict that that uh, Magneto's feeling here, and where it leads, and how the new new mutants are going to play into it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really really well done. I think it's one of the better X Men flashback tales we've gotten in recent years. So definitely worth a pickup. And after that is Ghost Rider Wolverine Weapons of Vengeance Omega. Uh, this is the finale of the four part tale. Uh, where the two of them are on the hunt for the same demon that is there to kill mutants. Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Jeff Shaw, colored by Ramburito, and letter by Travis Lanham. So this demon has possessed Wolverine, and now he's just out to kill all the mutants in the world. And only Johnny Blaze can stop him. And so there's this really great fight. I mean, again, I'm not going to go by blow, but blow by blow. You can probably guess what happens in the end. Wolverine doesn't win and start killing more mutants, obviously. But uh, it's just really great. It's really grim because, of course, it's these two characters and it's Benjamin Percy. Um, I love, again, the fact that Talia is here because I love Talia. And so, uh, I, again, I, 
every issue of Ghost Rider, I'm worried she's going to get sidelined. She's not. She's there. She's all in it. Love it. Love the Jeff Bannister stuff. Really great book. Really, really liked that run. Little four-issue uh, crossover, but a lot of fun and just the right size, I think. After that is Immortal X-Men number 15. <laughs> God, I love the Krakoan era and the post-Krakoan era has been really good too. Uh, I just hope it ends well. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Paco Medina, colored by David Curiel, letter by Clayton Cowles. Uh, so, of course, this kind of takes place in two parts. Uh, Xavier holding down Krakoa from the invading army, which now includes Sebastian, Shaw, and Celine. And then this group of thousands of, of mutants that get dropped on this desert planet. And as they're struggling to survive, the ways they find to survive, they talk about their survival techniques is really interesting. I, I really thought that was very fascinating, especially the ways of like, um, you know, getting shelter, or gathering water in a desert. I, I, it's going to be very fun to see where it's going to go, especially given the fact that, and um, this is a little tiny spoiler, they encounter Mother Righteous, who saves them. And as much as Orcus has been this, you know, guillotine hanging over the X-Men's head for a year. Mother Righteous is the one I have my eyes on. She's the one I don't trust. So we'll see. And final book is X-Men 26. Uh, this is written, of course, by Gary Dugan. It is drawn by Jim Toey and Javier Pena, colored by Marte Gracia and letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, this follows up on two of the major tales that are going on right now, namely Shadowcat. Shadowcat is out to get revenge against Firestar, unknowing that Firestar is actually a mole for the X-Men. And, of course, Tony and Emma, Emma hiding in plain sight with Tony at the Hellfire Club. Um, I cannot wait for this train wreck of a marriage to happen. As much as I ship Emma and Scott as hard as I can, this is going to be fun. And it's going to just be awful. And I can't wait. It's going to be really, really good. But man, again, the post-Kirkoan era of X-Men has been great. So um, again, high recommendation. Um, every X-Book is still good. Everybody should be reading the X-Men. I heard there's been a drop-off of viewership or readership. Those people should just suck it up. I know it sucks that Kirkoa fell apart, but that's how comics work. Let's go on to the next phase. Let's see what's going to happen. So, And that is it for me this week. Uh, those the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast. You can find producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. And you can find my absent co-host Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. All those on Twitter. You can find the show on Twitter at WHI Podcast. Uh, on there, make sure to follow us because every time a new episode comes out, you'll get an announcement post with a link to the episode timestamps for each publisher and a complete list of every book that we review so it's really the best way to keep up with what we're doing make sure to follow our other show jukebox vertigo on or at jukebox vertigo on twitter that's our musical show that show is currently on hiatus but you can check out the old episodes you should because they're great uh we make a playlist every episode with a friend and uh, the category is randomized every single time. So it might be single name artists or it might be B-sides or only live tracks. Whatever it is, it's really great. Once again, at Jukebox Vertigo. Also follow uh, Hostway at Hostway Plays Hostway on Twitch. He is on there uh, not as much right now since he is on hiatus. But when he's around, 
plays a lot of games, listens to music. Sometimes he just talks about comics. It's always a blast. And I'm usually in the chat with him. So finally, make sure to check out uh, Jukebox Vertigo's network at Certain POV Media on Twitter and join the Discord. I cannot stress this enough. Everybody's welcome to join the Discord. Just follow the rules of not being a dick. And anything you want to talk about geek related is going to be going on there. I've carried on conversations about Baldur's Gate comic books. We talked about uh, novels about orcs running cafes. We've talked about a lot of stuff this week. That's just this week and had a blast. So make sure to follow us once again at certain POV media on Twitter. And there's a discord link there to join the discord. Don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. We've made difficult decisions. And there are still more ahead of us. Two people aren't enough to save the galaxy. We need the toughest. Smartest. Deadliest allies. We need you. We need you to join us. And listen to Reignite. A certain point of view podcast about storytelling. Love. And Mass Effect. Join us every other Thursday as we fight for the fate of an entire galaxy. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Or at certainpov.com slash reignite. We're counting on you. We should go.